0: going to do in 2016, I've made up my mind, is I'm going to play more golf. (laughs) I haven't played golf in years. I'm getting in better shape. I got a little more flexibility. I'm going to play golf again. Here's my philosophy in golf. Swing real hard in case you hit it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just knock it, man. I need a four-wheel drive golf cart. I'm training a Labrador Retriever right now. To follow the sniff of a golf ball so he can go in the woods and the swamps and the creeks and retrieve my ball for me. <laughs> Those things are expensive. My favorite part A lot of times my problem is, oh, I hit the mulligan right back in the woods. (laughs) How many are glad that spiritually this morning we got mulligans? How many are glad for second chances? How many here are glad this morning that you have a do-over in Jesus Christ? Huh? I'm so glad. I believe in a mulligan. I believe in the do-over. And just the way the calendar falls, this is the first Sunday of the new year. I want to talk to you a few minutes about three people who've got a mulligan in life. they got a do-over, a second chance. Now this story is in all the Gospels, but if you want to follow along as we talk about the mulligan this morning, probably the best place to turn is Matthew 26. See, they're getting ready to anoint Jesus for burial in a little village, a little town called Bethany. And there's three people in this story that understand the concept of a spiritual mulligan. See, here's what the enemy will try to do to you. He'll try to get you to forget why Christ died. He'll try to distract you. One of my favorite Bible teachers, I've said this at this church a thousand times, one of my favorite Bible teachers in America, I read everything they write is Beth Moore. You say, well, ain't she a... Lady speaker, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm just I telling you, she's a fantastic Bible teacher. And she said years ago, it changed my life forever, that if the enemy cannot destroy you, he will distract you. And the enemy tries to keep you distracted from the point of the power of a spiritual mulligan, a do over, a new start, a second chance. The beauty of redemption beauty of forgiveness. Three people in this story. In Matthew, it says that they were in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon Lethrop. Is it toward the end of Matthew 26. Now, I learned a long time ago, when you're studying the scripture and you come to something you don't understand, you just stop. Don't keep going. Try to figure it out. You come to a place you never heard of. Stop. Don't go until you figure out where that is and where it is present day. You come to a concept you don't understand? Stop! This scripture messes with me from the very beginning. It says, they were in the home of a man known as Simon the Leper. First of all, I got a couple problems. If Simon had leprosy, what was he doing at his house? Because if anybody understands about leprosy, it's one of the most contagious diseases on earth. Now, we don't deal with it as much in this culture. There are still cultures today that deal with leprosy. matter of fact, the only thing in studying this scripture that I can find that still has leprosy is where I live. Anybody know what it is? I live a little further south than this. Anybody know the one critter that carries leprosy? An armadillo. Have y'all ever hit an armadillo on the way down to Florida? Do y'all even know? Y'all are looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese. Anybody know what an armadillo is? (laughs) A possum on the half shell. You've seen them (laughs) things. They're disgusting. They're nasty. They're loud. They tear up the woods. I can't stand them. So unless you're going to go face-to-face confrontation with an armadillo, you may never get leprosy. But in this culture, during this time, in this story, When the high priest uh, announced and, and designated that you were unclean with leprosy, you became a leper, your life changed forever. You couldn't sleep in your house. You couldn't hug your spouse goodbye. You could never hug and kiss your kids again. You went to another place to live. You couldn't eat the same food. You couldn't drink from the same water source. You couldn't bathe in the same stream. Matter of fact, if you walked a common road, you had to carry a bell and ring the bell when you came into, people came into your vision and you would say three times, unclean, unclean, unclean. So people would know they were coming into the presence of a leper. Life would change forever. Some of you in 2015, you can identify with old Simon. Something just happened to you, man. It wasn't poor planning. It wasn't your decision. But something just happened at your house. And your life's different now. It just came out of nowhere. And it's trying to affect every part of your life. Let me tell you something, leprosy will affect your relationships. It'll destroy the intimacy in your relationships because there can be no touch. If I had leprosy, would I quit loving my wife and kids? Absolutely not. But it would affect how I could love on them. Would I scream terms of affection from a safe distance? Yes. But it would kill the intimacy. Something's happened at your house. Something's happened in your life. And it's trying to destroy the intimacy between you and God. But today, right here in this altar... God's going to give you a mulligan he's not going to let that thing drive a wedge between you and him it didn't happen to you you didn't plan it, you didn't ask for it I mean it happened to you, you didn't plan it you didn't ask for it but God's going to show you just like he showed Simon that he ain't scared of leprosy see if you do a little research you'll find out that reason Simon was there it's because of a direct confrontation with Jesus Christ what was unclean was made clean. Glory. How many believe that what is unclean can be made clean through Amen. Jesus Christ? Amen. You ain't forgot that, have you? You ain't forgot that no matter how bad you messed it up, there is forgiveness for you. You haven't forgotten scripture that says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, have you? Nobody's forgotten the scripture that says his grace is sufficient. And in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Nobody's forgotten that scripture. I know you haven't forgotten it in your head. But have you forgot it in your heart? <clears throat> Simon was there. And Simon got a mulligan. Healing brought Simon his mulligan. Now, John, if you flip over the 12th chapter of the book of John, you don't have to, but there was somebody else was there. Who had a worst Physical condition than leprosy. His name was Lazarus. Anybody remember Lazarus's bad physical condition? Yeah. His what? Yeah. yeah, being dead's worse than having leprosy. I don't know if y'all know that. <laughs> I never went to medical school. But. Being dead's pretty severe physical ailment to have. Show it sure is. And I'm not talking about dead for ninety seconds. You know, saw a light, wrote a column, and they, you know, put it on. Is there even Reader's Digest anymore? That's how like it's gone ain't it? How many of you remember Reader's Digest? I miss Reader's Digest. I'm not talking about a guy who died for a few minutes. I'm talking about a man who was dead for days. They done buried him. They done had his funeral. Dead. They done brought the food. Everybody knows where we live that we serve food to people who have experienced a death. Huh? Some of y'all have made a casserole (laughs) this very year and took somebody who had a loss. Food heals everything in the South. Y'all know that. I mean, they're back in the fellowship hall telling Lazarus stories, eating potato salad, dead. He's dead. As Jerry Cloud would say, graveyard, dead. somebody in your life but something in your life is dead and the enemy told you it's hopeless the enemy has convinced you just to throw dirt on it and keep moving but maybe it's not dead maybe your problem even though it's so severe to you maybe it doesn't intimidate Christ maybe it doesn't scare God maybe no matter how severe it seems Remember how far gone it seemed. Maybe, just maybe, God is who he says he is. Because Lazarus is there. Look at John chapter 12. Lazarus is there. And he had been buried. They'd been to his funeral. How weird would that be? Let's just talk about it. Let's be honest. How weird would it be to come to church this morning and sit beside somebody you had been to their funeral? I'm not trying to bring up no bad feelings with nobody, but that's weird. Now let's just tell the truth. I can see you now, whispering to your wife. That's him right over there. It's him. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. Don't look. It's him. <laughs> don't you know, Lance It's no rest. Storyteller than a preacher, but three things I learned that are true about God aren't true about the enemy. Number one, God is omnipresent; He's everywhere at once. How many of you believe that? Yeah. I don't mean you can get it right on a test. I mean, how many you believe in your heart God is everywhere? Do you know how many churches I go to? In the first thirty minutes, we they just spend we begging God to come. I'm like, if y'all will shut up here. He's everywhere at once. I mean, he's here. Enemy can't be everywhere at once. If he's here this morning, he rode with one of y'all. You got in a bad fight this morning, you brought him right to church with you. Because there is a husband and a wife in this service this morning. I mean, y'all went at it this morning. You've had family in town. They're finally gone. You just want to be left alone. (laughs) I feel your pain, brother. I feel your pain. Isn't it good to have family at the holidays? Isn't it good to see them go back home? (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, I know as a man, we just need to be able to walk around Stuff that don't look good all the time. (laughs) Eat barbecue chips in our own lazy boy chair. Watch what we want. I know I've seen that swamp people 13 times, that particular episode. I just need to watch it again. It's medicine to my soul. (laughs) He is everywhere at once. He is omniscient. knows everything. And he is omnipotent. He can do anything. if you're not careful, the enemy will get you to forget that. That's a little hard to believe, isn't it? That's a little bit of a stretch. But I believe it. I mean, I just don't know it in my head. I wouldn't just get it right on the test. I believe in my heart that my Savior is everywhere at once. That he knows everything And that he can do anything. He can heal that marriage that seems dead. Your friends have told you it's over, buddy. Move on. Kick dirt on it. Start again. He can revive that marriage. Some of you have had a death at your house. A death in your life. And God right here in this altar in a few minutes, he wants to revive it. And the final story is about a simple little lady. And before I tell this, I want to say something to you. Y'all know many times I've said Clover Hill's my favorite church to speak at. I still believe that in my heart. But God's told me he does it at the beginning of every year, kind of a theme for the year. In 2014, when a plane crashed at my house, he told me about being spirit-led how because we had moved a car for some, no reason at all, and it saved a guy's life who crashed at my house by being spirit-led. 2015, he told me to finish. I got things I've got to finish. I've been doing them for years. I keep putting them off. I got to finish. In 2016, God has told me clear, go to smaller churches in smaller towns. I've always been, I'll go anywhere. I don't require a fee or a price. I've always just let the phone ring and I go. But God's told me to be intentional. Just in the last six weeks, I've or eight weeks I've done revivals in Rosebud, Arkansas. Rosebud, Arkansas. Anybody ever heard of Rosebud, Arkansas? Raise your hand, if you heard of Rosebud, Arkansas. Yeah, it ain't no big town. Y'all know what the biggest business is in Rosebud, Arkansas? They got a 350-pound Avon lady. That's the biggest business in that whole town. <laughs> they let me into school. We did a week of revival, and it impacted our whole community. Troy, Tennessee, over on Real Foot Lake. I did a revival there. That's, I'm going to tell you, God has told me to be intentional. We're going to these smaller towns. The only way I can do that, church, and I'm going to finish my story, is if you'll help me. I got a table out there, it's got some CDs on it. All of them got about an hour of storytelling with a turn at the end. Uh, if you've already got one, just go buy one and give it away. Now when you give it away, let me tell you this, don't tell people it's a preacher. Don't, don't hand nobody a CD and say, oh, this is a preacher. He's, don't, they won't listen to it. I'm giving you permission. I'm telling you strategically exactly what to say. When you hand that CD to somebody, you say, this fat boy is funny. Just say that. <laughs> Say, this fat guy is funny. Who doesn't love a funny fat guy? Everybody needs a funny fat guy in their life, don't they? You've got a funny fat guy in your life. Don't you love that guy? I'm insecure. I need to be loved. I want to be the funny fat guy in somebody's life. They're out at the table. My wife, Wendy, will be out there. Go hug her neck. That will help me to be able to go to the small towns. That, ta- that table is one of the things that's going to help me do that. So we got Lazarus is there, we got Simon's there, and then finally the story of this young lady. The Bible said they were reclining after the table, after the meal at the table, this lady walks in with this expensive jar of perfume. And I've told this story before, but it's a powerful story. I hope it a minister to you, said the perfume was worth one year's wages. And to anoint Jesus for burial, she broke that jar of perfume that was worth a year's wages. And she poured it on him. And she washed his feet with her hair. And all the disciples and all the people gathered in the room, they were confused. They were like, what are we doing here? We could have sold that perfume and given the money to the poor. What's going on? Jesus says, you're always going to have the poor with you. But what this lady has done, she's done to anoint me for burial. In the NIV, it says, she has done a beautiful thing. Now, why is what this woman did described as beautiful? It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there are 10 guys, 11, 12 guys following him every step he takes. He didn't call what they did beautiful. Why this weird thing with his... <coughs> you ever walk through the perfume section with your wife at the mall? All that stuff smells good, but too much of it will give you a cross-eyed headache. It's too strong. Y'all know I don't even believe in spending big money on cologne. I got on good cologne today because I got it for Christmas. But if I'm buying my own cologne, man, it's Rolo. Anybody familiar with Rolo? $7? Walmart smells like Polo? Rolo? Instead of a man on a polo horse, he has got a farmer on a donkey with a bush axe. <laughs> just, just swing, just a few more squirts. It's the same thing. <laughs> but my beautiful wife Wendy's here. She's my favorite person on earth. I would die for her, and I would kill for her. And she's my favorite person. I'm so glad she's here. Hope you get to meet her. I love her. on this mission trip to Siberia, I never missed home so bad in my life, and I wanted to do something sweet for Wendy. I wanted to get home, so I bought this bottle of perfume, and on the way home, they messed our trip up. We ended up having to stay an extra day in Zurich, Switzerland, and everybody was like, this is a treat. I didn't want to be in Zurich, Switzerland. I wanted to be in Phoenix City, Alabama. I was ready to go home. You know what I mean? But I was missing her and I bought this big old twisty blue bottle of perfume, it was gorgeous. 230 bucks. I don't live like that, folks. I've driven cars that didn't cost 230 bucks. <laughs> but I wanted to do something sweet, I was missing her. Man, I shelled that money out there, cha-cha-cha. Couldn't wait to get home, felt like a sissy, carried it through 13 time zones. Couldn't check it, couldn't even fit good in the overhead. I remember getting home. I had one of them sh- 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 atomizer on. We ain't never had no smell good had no atomizer on at our house. I got one on my roundup jug, but we had never had one. <laughs> I said, oh, baby, this is for you. And she loved it. She would just sh- sh- walk through the mist. It was a big bottle of perfume. She milked it for years. And I thought, that's how we give what's precious to the Lord. See, the reason the Lord called what this lady did was beautiful is because she took the advantage of her mulligan. See, if you know her original story, this lady was the town whore. And everybody in the room knew it. She knew the disciples were going to become indignant. She knew people was going to have something to say about her anointing Jesus for burial. The first time Jesus talked to her, He began to tell her her own story. But because of a direct confrontation with Jesus Christ, what was unclean was made clean. And what was dead was revived to life. And what was uh, sinful and dark and depressing and shameful became beautiful. Reason that it was described as beautiful is because she didn't care what that man thought. <laughs> she didn't care. She didn't care what. She didn't let her past stop her from what she's doing today. Amen. Stand with me, church. By your head.